happy six months from the block party. It's been exactly six months from when uh, a group of people that were talking about doing a new church said, you know what we should do? Let's throw a block party. And all of a sudden, a group of 40 turned into 400 in an afternoon. Uh, It's been exactly six months. And kind of cool that we're able to, to say such a thing and, and celebrate such a thing, considering what we've been talking about over the last three weeks, this being our fourth week in a row, where we have been talking about mission, where we have been talking about why on earth do we do what we do, week in and week out, month in and month out, and, and now we've, we've kind of made a, a half-year mark in the journey of what we call Reachway Church. Starting with that block party, a few weeks that would follow would be kind of our opening Sunday. And, and we need to always consider why we do what we do. And, and that's what the series has been all about. And so I'm, I'm excited to kind of tie things up uh, with this series as we enter into, enter into the season of getting ready for Lent and getting ready for Easter. But there has been a passage of Scripture that we have looked to every single week when we consider what is our mission? What is our mission as uh, the local church? But even not only the local church, but just individually, what is our mission as people who have chosen to follow Christ? And so we turn to one particular passage of Scripture. Uh, There's a lot of other passages that would would sound the same, and, you know, it's hard to pick one sentence out of a big old book to— to highlight, but we have highlighted one particular verse in, in the Gospel of Mark, and it goes as follows. It says, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. That's kind of been the passage of Scripture that we've looked to during this series, understanding that when we are given a new life in Christ, that we are also invited into having a new mission, a new vision for the world, a new purpose for how we spend our time, what we value, and things like that. And, and we've been pointing to that particular scripture about proclaiming the good news to the whole creation. I want to spend a decent amount of time with some recap uh, because these, uh, each three of these first weeks really have been, um, for me at least, valuable and, and helpful. But we've also said some, some pretty maybe unconventional things as, as the weeks have gone on. Sometimes when we remind ourselves of the foundational things, we're reminded more so of the foundational things than, than ever and than anything else. In the first week, if you were here, we talked about what is the good news. That passage in Mark says, proclaim the good news. Well, we talked about what that good news was, and, and we talked about how it's that gospel, that good news message, is the thing that we really hold to as not only our hope as a people, but also our motivation as a people. We we talked about how the gospel is a hope for us as individuals, hope for a local church, but it is just as well a motivation for the local church as well. Um, And this is that good news, once again, is that God has come to earth in the form of a man, in the form of a person, God has taken on flesh to be with us. That person is Jesus Christ, and 
And in his life, what Jesus does is he begins or he inaugurates what he calls the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. This way of life where the priorities of God are prioritized, where the heartbeat of God is, is felt and resonated with the people who, who follow him. Through God on earth in the form of Christ, through Christ's life, death, and resurrection and ascension, the salvation of God was offered to all. Makes salvation possible. Where the resurrection of Christ, where God dying but then raising from the dead, makes possible for us to live a new and more full life here on earth. There's great power in that single act of the resurrection. In that first week, we talked about John 3.16, that passage that kind of historically sums up that good news message. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But then we also read the verse after it. We read John 3.17, and it says so clearly and so plainly, that Jesus Christ did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so in the same breath that we talk about what the good news is, we also talked about how we are supposed to embody and proclaim that good news message, which is without condemnation. And so to sum up week one, we said this. It was not the mission of Jesus to condemn the world, may this be true for us as well. That's how we summed up that first week. As we saw so plainly, we, we put the, the pieces of the puzzle together and we said, it wasn't Jesus' mission to condemn the world, may that be true for us also. We are talking about mission this, this month, this whole month, and that is part of the mission, is not to condemn the second week, we opened up this conversation about Christian community, and we defined Christian community as people with changed lives living to see other lives changed. And so we introduced this notion of gathering and scattering, what we call the overarching or the overall rhythm of the Christian community, the group of people that have their lives have been changed by this good news message we talked about in week one, and, and they choose then to gather around it. And we talked about the importance of the gathering, and we said a few, a few isn't-is statements specifically about what it looks like for the people of God to gather. Um, and I'd like to go through that list again, that the gathering is not the mission, but it supports the mission that gathering together is not a burdensome thing, but that it is a celebratory thing. That the gatherings that we find ourselves in are not extracurricular, but that they are in fact life-giving. That this isn't an elective in a high school career of education. This isn't an elective on the life of a Christian, but this is something that gives us life. And the fourth one was that gathering, whether it's in an environment like this or outside for a block party or around a meal on a Sunday night, is that it is not a strategy, but that it is our witness. We don't necessarily need to use the terms 
outreach or, or the, the strategy or the motivation behind a block party, what we can just say is we follow Christ and because of that, we celebrate. So let's get the grill out. <laughs> let's get some tacos on a Sunday night and let's invite everyone that we love and care about to be part of the blessing that we are receiving. Gathering is a primary means in which Jesus followers like us become more like Jesus and are equipped to scatter. That's the other side of that coin, where we get together and we encourage each other and we celebrate and we build up for the scattering. Because let's face it, we're together for about an hour and a half a week. There's a lot of other hours in between gathering to gathering and you all are in a lot of different places at a lot of different times, being the, the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And so the other side of this gathering and scattering coin is, is scattering. And the foundation of this idea of scattering we talked about last week was that church is not a building, but it is a people. And for someone to understand that, everything they think about this whole thing that we're doing really gets revolutionized. If we understand that church is not a building, church is not some random activity, but that church is a group of people, it changes everything. And so we learned a new Greek word last week. Maybe you remember it, maybe you don't, but the word was ekklesia. And that word is, when we read the word church in the New Testament, the Greek word is ekklesia. The definition of church we talk about, but the definition of ekklesia is people who live as the called out ones. The people who have been called out from their life by the good news of Jesus. And in so receiving the good news, they receive a new purpose. And so their entire lives are living as called out people where life is not the same because of what Jesus has done for me. And they live called out and, and what we talked about, this idea of living called out is scattering. And so we talked about how the first step towards scattering with purpose is to allow God to retune our senses. And so we actually went through the list of bodily senses that we have, the different parts that we have and, and what those senses communicate. And we talked about how if we could allow God perhaps to retune our mind, then we would begin to think like Jesus thought. And that if we would allow God to retune our eyes, that we would begin to see as Jesus saw and our ears being able to hear like him, and our mouth being able to speak words in similar ways to how Jesus spoke when he was on this earth. And if our hands could be re retuned so that we could serve others like he served others, and if our feet could be retuned so that we could walk like he walked, and if our heart could be retuned so that we could love like Jesus loved. Imagine, imagine what would begin to happen in your family, in your friend circles, in your workplaces. So week one, we talked about the good news. Week two, we talked about 
gathering and scattering, but we've primarily talked about gathering. In week three, we talked about gathering and scattering, but we primarily talked about what it means to scatter. And in this final week of this series, I want to hopefully put together that all three of those pieces of content that we talked about, it all points to one thing. All of this works sequentially. We really do have an A, B, and C, and D when we talk about our mission. The good news points to the gathering, the gathering points to the scattering, and I want to say that the scattering points to vision. Where all of those three things working together point to a vision. But here is the thing, and a a reality and a tension that it would be good for us to address is that when a Jesus follower is truly taking seriously this invitation from Christ to to live as kingdom participants, there comes moments of clear tension between what we are being called to do and the conditions of the world around us. There is a clear tension in the priorities and the things that we value here as a community of faith and, and the things that are valued and prioritized not inside this community of faith. And it can be very hard, and there can be moments of, of, of tension when we consider what we really do believe and feel like Jesus is calling us to, but yet the environment around us can seem a little bit daunting. This is exactly why, however, we pray for the mind of Christ. The eyes, the ears, the mouth, the hands, the feet, the heart. Because despite of what is going on around there, somehow we believe that Christ can form us into his image to where the conditions around us don't have to influence the ways that we think, hear, see, talk, serve, walk, and love. Nonetheless, this is hard to reconcile. On the surface, and and this is just a moment of being truthful with ourselves, and perhaps you will resonate with this, is that when we consider what's happening around you, around us as a church, It is easy to conclude, or it would be a simple thing to conclude, that we just simply don't belong here. It can be very easy to say, Jesus is calling me to do this, but the environment around me does not necessitate or make easy that calling. So the conclusion that I am going to draw is that this just isn't where I belong. That, that this isn't my home and that there's something else that I can just wait for. And if we can believe that, then, then it makes it much more easy for us to just hunker down and avoid the things that get in the way of us doing what we feel like God is calling us to do. And, and we just wait this whole storm out and wait for something to give. As if to say, I'm being faithful if I can avoid and just not get too dirty. I have said that before, and I have approached life like that before, but when I consider that phrase, I don't hear or see at all living life to the fullest. I don't hear or see whatsoever what it looks like for Christ to give us a new life here on earth where life doesn't have to be the same and where we can work and where we can actually put effort towards seeing new things happen in places where it would just not be considered for something new 
to happen. In your efforts of reconciling the call of Christ to the world around you. Have you ever felt like this before? Have you ever felt like you just didn't belong where you were? You were very much aware of the conditions around you, and you were very much aware of the call of Christ, and and you were very much aware that those were just two different pieces of different puzzles that just by the nature of what they are independently, they don't work together. And has that ever lead you to feel as that you just didn't belong? And has it ever led you to feel that you just got to wait that out so that something else can come down the road? If you have, I want you to know that you wouldn't be the first one to feel that way. And if you have called out to God asking why it has to be so different, you wouldn't have been the first one to call out for God to God either to ask for guidance. We're going to read a passage in just a moment. It comes from the book of Jeremiah 29. We read it a few months ago, so hopefully it sounds familiar to some of you. But without having time to go into the backstory, the the, the three verses that we are about to read are verses uh, that account for words that God gave to a group of people that felt like they didn't belong. So if you have ever had a hard time reconciling the call that Christ had on your life with the realities around you, this is what God said to a group of people that felt the exact same way. Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 5. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have called you. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers you too will prosper. Those are some of the words that God speaks to a group of people that were convinced that they did not belong in the place where they happened to be. It was the nation of Israel who didn't feel like they belonged in Babylon. It was the nation of Israel that felt as though they were just waiting this storm out that one day they would be able to get out. That if I can just deal with it, then it'll end at some point, maybe. But what that passage also communicates to us is not only a completely different way of viewing tension, but it also gives us a picture into the grand vision that God has. We have said before, we will say this morning, we will say again what is true, is that the grand vision of God is the restoration of all things. That is what we see from Genesis to Revelation. 
That is what we see from the first page of your Bible to the very, very last and every single story in between, whether it's difficult to read or easy to read, whether it is a command that would be easy to get used to or a command that seems impossible to get used to, what God is up to is restoring all things. So it would make sense then for there to be a proclaimed message of hope to share. If God's grand vision is the restoration of all things, then it would make sense for there to be a message. It would make sense for there to be language that people could put around that vision of restoration. It would make sense then for the people at that given time who believed in that message to get together. It would make sense then for the people that that message was changing the minds of to get together once in a while. And it would then make sense for those people who gathered for there to be an overflow to where their gathering would be spread out once in a while. To where they got together and they were so encouraged and they were so fired up about the news that was changing the life of their household that they would scatter And it would make sense that when they scattered, that they would physically embody this good news message that was changing their life, that they were gathering with people week in and week out over. And the reason that they would want to do that is because what they realized is that there were so many incredible things happening in the gathering that they wanted people who weren't in the gathering to be in the gathering. And so they completely changed how they talked to others. They completely changed how they thought about others. They completely changed how they heard things that were said from other people so that they could enter someone's life, share with them good news, and invite them into a grouping of people that is being radically changed and shaped by that same good news. It would make sense for that good news to change someone's life. It would make sense for those people to get together. It would make sense for those people to go out. And because the grand vision of God is the restoration of all things, it would make sense that people's lives would still be changed and that it would result in exactly what we just read about. What we just read about, this is the vision that all of creation would experience good news. That's why we have been reading out of Mark chapter 16 for four weeks. That is why we read Jeremiah 29, 5 through 7 this morning. Is that this good news not only impacts human beings, but that this good news somehow, some way results in the making new of the purposes of dirt and grass and that homes are actually purposed not just because this is a place that I live, but that a home is evidence of restoration of human life. And I want you to know that this vision of good news impacting people, people getting together, people spreading out. And once they spread out, that these physical Jeremiah 29 things happen. I want you to know that that exact vision 
is in sight. And it's happening now. Hear me for the next two or three minutes. When we read Build Houses and Settle Down, know that right now, there are several Reachway Church families that are being called to settle down in this neighborhood. And I think God's going to call more. When we read in Jeremiah 29, 5, something that was written 2,500, 3,000 years ago, seriously, I want you to know that it's happening. I want you to know that it's happening. I want you to know that God is speaking to a few people. Some of them go to Reachway. Some of them don't go to any church at all. But God refuses to let his mission stop. And those people are dreaming about a nonprofit organization that is focused on the rehabilitation of existing homes and providing opportunities for home ownership for everyone. That, that, is a, that is an actual thing that is being dreamed about right now. So when you read in Jeremiah 29.5 to build houses and settle down, I want you to know that God is speaking uniquely to specific people that are a part of Reachway Church to see that that actually happens. I need you to know that. When you read about planting gardens and eating what they produce, what I want you to know is that there are two families living in this neighborhood that do not currently yet attend this church that farm the dirt of the North Valley. The North Valley over the summer and fall grows squash and corn and peppers and we can actually eat things that are produced in the dirt of what this city would call forsaken land, but no, it is producing crops and it is feeding people. And those gardens are only going to increase and we will only continue to support the gardening of those crops and we will actually be able to say that we are planting gardens and we are eating what they produce. When you read in Jeremiah 29, to increase in number there and not decrease, what I want you to know is that although the storyline of this neighborhood over the last 50 to 60 years has been people trying to move out of it, I want you to know that there are people making the decision to move into it. And I want you to know that weeks go by where I am meeting all sorts of people that live in these streets that are not focused on getting out anymore, but that they are committing to this neighborhood, they are investing in this neighborhood, and they are committing to raising their children in this neighborhood. This neighborhood is increasing, it is not decreasing, and it is only going to get better. When we read the words that say, seek the peace and prosperity of the land, the land, I want you to know that through various partnerships, soon and very, very soon, there will be opportunities for this group of people and the people that live around us to be directly involved in raising the tide of this neighborhood physically. I want you to know that we will have opportunities to directly seek the peace and prosperity of this neighborhood, and we will do that just because that is what we are called to do in a time like this. And when you read, pray to the Lord for it. I want you to know what we've already talked about is that blocks away, there is an organization that is opening itself up 
on the fourth Sunday night of every single month so that the people who call themselves Christians can get together corporately and pray to the Lord for the city. So when you read a passage of scripture that says, pray to the Lord for the place that you're in, because if it prospers, you too will prosper, you can do that. And you can do that with others. I want you to know that this vision that we read about this morning, this mission, and the vision that results from what we have talked about over the last four weeks now, I want you to know that that vision is in sight. It is in sight. And so, in light of these things, our response is going to look slightly different today. In light of these things, I, I present a challenge to you all that I have only presented to myself. Is to go all If you're familiar with that language of going all in, it's, it's one of our values here at Reachway. When we say go all in, what, what we mean by that is that every single person on this planet Earth has something to contribute. We believe that the richest to the poorest all around us have something to contribute and that when more and more people decide to go all in with what they have, that other people take notice and then they get involved themselves. That's exactly what we mean when we say go all in. So considering the good news message and how that in, impacts the gathering, our gatherings, and, and how that impacts how we scatter, I want to ask you to consider where God is calling you to go all in. There is a reason that today is a family Sunday is because it is the goal of a family and it is the call of a family, both corporate families and individual families, to make the decision and figure out what does it look like for us to go all in as a household. So I want to ask a series of questions and perhaps God will speak to, speak to us in the ways that we need to be spoken to. But when we consider all of these good things and when we consider what it looks like to go all in, I want to ask, is God calling you to go all in with your time? Is there more for you to give when it comes to how you schedule? Is there more for you to give when it comes to how you spend your time and what you spend your time doing? Is God now calling you in light of all of these beautiful things that are going on to go all in with your words? and the narrative that you give? Is it time to go on with how you actually talk about what's going on around you? Is it time for you to go all in with your mentality when it comes to scattering? Have you now been convinced, has God now convinced you that there is purpose for when you are at work? There is purpose for when you are out shopping that there is purpose for when you are out being wherever you are to be like Christ? Is God calling you to go all in with your witness to your family members, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers? Is God calling you to go all in with 
any kind of financial investment that is in your world around you. I'm not just talking about giving to Reachway. Many of you give to Reachway, and that makes possible doing what we do. But surely there are needs around you as well. Is God calling you to go all in there? Is he, is he saying, I'm glad that you're giving to the church that you attend, but there's even more for you? Is he saying that? Is he saying that? Brothers and sisters, if you are longing for more of what God can show you, if you are longing for an even fuller life that Jesus can provide you, take a moment and see that the vision of God is before us. Take a moment and see and consider the areas in life where God might be perhaps calling you to go all in.